Everybody has a podcast. Podcast. Everybody has a podcast, podcast. Yeah. 9.30. Monday night. Ah. Fresh from the weekend. Jay Wiggy is out tonight. He uh, is in the airport in Houston at the moment. Coming back from Vegas. So we will ask him about his trip when he comes back. But we do got you know who. Going whiss. I'm over I'm just fucking doing what I do. How was your weekend and your week? I'm over here. I ran. Me and Baby decided to take a break for a while. You and Baby are taking a break? What happened? Trouble in paradise? Listen, I mean, don't try to make that cheap meat, motherfucker. That's just, you know, sometimes 
Or near a cup or you better not like some shit, babe. You just got to take breaks on pain. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Some you're right. Sometimes you do need to take a break. You guys are hot and heavy there for a little while, I was noticing. I mean, you're right about that. I mean, you know, every day, every night. I mean, I feel like that. You know, she loves it. Big old Okay. Yeah. Well... I will tell you this, Wes. I did have sex with a girl this week. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. She was so old, she bled dust. <laughs> All right, that just keep on getting worse and worse. Yeah. I still, I'm like, you know, leave. Just stop that, that's, 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 that's stupid ass jokey. I really, truly do. <laughs> I know you love them. That's why I'm going to keep doing them. Well, what else is going on? Um, I didn't do too much this weekend, folks. It was rainy. Rainy out. Kind of a messy weekend. Ah, I did some Tex-Mix joints. I thought I was going to get out to the bar Saturday night, but decided against it. Eh, I'm not going to say because of the weather, because... When the night came, it cleared up, but I did not do too much besides that. That sounds pretty fucking boring, Dumbass. It was pretty boring, you know. Next week, now, well, next weekend, I need to get out. I'm going to go to the club. Oh, we might, man. You want to go? I might wish to do Let's go to the club. All right. Next weekend, we're going to the club. That's right. We're going to the club. 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 We're going to the club, yeah. We're going to the club. We're going to the club, yeah. All right. <laughs> Enough of that. Sorry. Um, man, so quite an uneventful week, weekend out there. Um, like I said, I didn't do, did not do too much. Wes broke up with his girlfriend. Go out and break out. Or they're on a break. <laughs> or on a, uh, a break. And then Wiggy is out in Vegas. I wonder if he won any money or um, got any hookers. Probably not, because I think he went with the old ball and chain. So I don't think he got uh, any hooker action. <laughs> I'm like, that's what Let's go to the phone and see what's going on right now. We got our buddy Raj out in North Carolina. Raj, how are you, buddy? This is Raj. What up? What did I say? Go Carolina. And I better tell you where did I say first? <laughs> I will talk to you next time. Yes. Go Carolina. And, um, man, where the hell is that? I don't know. <laughs> I wish I'd known, but I know. I'm my listen. I'm taking a bite from Jose. Uh, probably not for real. You know, I'm always saying something, though. I mean, I'm a player, y'all. All right. We know about you, Wes. I'm going to listen. <laughs> Let's go and go to Jerry in Knoxville, Tennessee. I mean, me too, man. Who is this guy, Jerry? You know the Vols are going to be terrible next year. I just have a feeling. 
I mean, I think so too. I mean, gosh, half of his a dumbass. And I can see Tennessee not winning even six games next season. They're done. Well, I agree with you, man. I mean, I just, I just hate Tennessee. I'm not a fan of the Vols, even. There are some teams I can deal with that I don't hate, but Tennessee, I hate them. I hate them, yeah. I'm like, listen. Yeah, they're ridiculous. Um, you know what? Let's take another. Let's take another call. We got Harriet in T Town. What's going on, Harriet? It's Harriet angry. I hope Wiggy wins some money out there. I hope he wants some. And just want to say, you know, I feel excited for the upcoming season. Roll Tide, Harriet. Roll Tide, yeah. So uh, hopefully uh, Wiggy did win some money. I don't think so, though, but you never know. Maybe he uh, maybe plays at the roulette tables or, you know, whatever. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. It's Vegas. You got to do something. I'm like, every time I go to Vegas, I'm in a high money room now. I'm in a big baller room with metal vehicles. Oh, I bet. I'm like, you know about a pimp by the vehicle. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's what I've heard things about you. It's all true, yeah. Let's go ahead and see what's going on in the world of video game news and other shit. <laughs> subscribe button y'all um <laughs> nobody's listening now but uh, later on maybe if you catch this on the recall um joey chestnut recently here won the mustard belt 62 hot dogs was the record there and uh man that's disgusting um he's winning all these things that joey chestnut man He's always winning some competitive eating. Wish, would you ever do that? I mean, that's disgusting, yeah. It's quite gross if you ever try to watch it. I can't even watch that stuff. And then the woman, um, um, I fucking didn't write her name down, but she ate 39 hot dogs. And so that was the winner of the woman's hot dog championship. That's how many hot dogs she ate. No duh, yeah. Um, so yeah, Joey Chestnut, once again, undisputed mustard belt winner. <laughs> and what a gross... I mean... I've seen some posts where they're calling this guy a dominant athlete. He is not an athlete, okay? He's a competitive eater. They can eat a lot. Fat guys do it, okay? You're not an athlete. What else was going on in the news? Well, in video game news, I'm about to tell y'all. Yeah, that's what I'm about to do. An alarming 11 
an alarming 87% of retro games are being lost to time, folks. This article by Levi Winslow. Despite being a billion-dollar industry, video games are being something of a dying medium, as a vast array of titles are frequently killed off in one way or another. However, according to a new study, the number of games being lost to time is quite staggering. Nearly 9 out of 10 U.S. games are critically endangered. The Video Game History Foundation, VGHF for short, partnered with the Software Preservation Network, an organization intent on advancing software preservation through collective action to release a report on the disappearance of classic video games. Quote, classic in this case has been defined as all games released before 2010, which the VGHF noted is the year when digital game distribution started to take off. The study, two groups found that 87% of these classic games are not in release and considered critically endangered due to their widespread unavailability. One example from the paper is 2006's Yakuza for PlayStation 2. It's been, re- it's been remade in the form of 2016's Yakuza Kiwami, which was hailed as excellent, but the VGHF specified Yakuza Kiwami is a complete remake from the ground up and should be considered a separate title, especially since the original game is no longer in print. This is what the VGHF is arguing for. So for nearly 9 in 10 classic video games, there are a few options. Seek out to maintain vintage collectible games and hardware. Travel across the country to visit a library or piracy. VGHF co-director Kelsey Lewin wrote, None of these options are desirable, which means most video games are inaccessible to all but the most diehard and dedicated fans. That's pretty grim. Well, Grimm is right, particularly when the study claims that just 13% of the game history is archived in libraries right now, and that's part of the dilemma. According to a March 2023 Ars Technica report, laws around the Digital Millennium Copyright Act largely prevent people from making and distributing copies of any DRM-protected digital work. While the U.S. Copyright Office has issued exemptions to those rules so that libraries and researchers can archive digital material, video games are explicitly left out, which makes it almost impossible for anyone to effectively study game history. Imagine if the only way to watch Titanic was to find a VHS tape and maintain your own vintage equipment. Uh, This is a quote, quote. Uh, so that you can still watch it, end quote, Lewin wrote, and what if no library, not even the Library of Congress, could do any better? They did. They could keep and digitize that VHS of the Titanic, but you'd have to go to, all the way to watch it. And blah, 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 end quote. So, the ESA opposes preservation exemptions. In a call with Kotaku, Lewin said that while it's particularly surprising that most classic games are not available anymore, the numbers are still eye-opening. She further explained the study's methodology. Quote, we took random, lots of random samplings of video games from this time period that spans every console and PC pre-2010, and even some 1960s mainframe stuff, Lewin said. It is a truly, truly random sample so that people can kind of see that it's not all about making sure Mario is available because, you know, Nintendo is going to keep selling Mario. But for every Mario that's available, there's nine other games that maybe you've never heard of that aren't even historically significant in any way or that we know of yet. 
I should say, but potentially could be really interesting for researchers. Though not surprised, she was still alarmed by the flimsy ways in which games disappear, pointing to Ant Stream Arcade, which houses a plethora of games. From the Commodore 64 to the Game Boy, it could be lost to time should it close up shop. The Nintendo eShop is a more mainstream example. When the eShop shut down availability of the Game Boy Library, quote, uh, the number of games went from something like 11% to 4.5%, Lewin said. The company wiped out half of all the availability of the library of Game Boy games just by shutting down the Nintendo eShop. <clears throat> Lewis noted that although libraries are allowed to do a lot of things by being libraries and preservation institutions, the Entertainment Software Association has consistently lobbied against game preservation efforts, such as copyright permissions and allowing the rental of digital video games. The ESA has basically opposed all these new proposed exemptions, Lewin said. They've been like, no, that will hurt our bottom line or that will hurt the industry's bottom line. The ESA also says the industry is doing plenty to keep classic games in release pointing to the thriving reissue market. And that's true, there is a good reissue market, but it just only covers 13% of games, and that's not likely to get better anytime soon. The study will be used in a 2024 copyright hearing to ask for exemptions for games. Lewin said she's hopeful that progress will be made, suggesting that should the hearing go well, games could be available on digital digital library apps like Libby. You can read the full 50-page study on the repository Zenodo. I mean, I love classic games, yeah. I do too. I hope they don't get phased out. Seeming like that is a possibility. But, uh, because, hey, that's what we do here. Let's talk about vintage video games. We review them. Hell, we play them. Uh, all that shit. So that is alarming, but hopefully, uh, not not a growing. Hopefully, it'll get better. I don't know. You know, yeah, I just don't know about these things, but you can hope. There is hope, folks. That just maybe, just maybe, that shit will be okay, and we will. Continue to have classic games, and because there are some games now you can't find anywhere. Running Gun Two can't find it anywhere. Several other games that uh, would be cool to have some re-releases on somewhere you could at least get a playable version for whatever it is you're playing on. Next in the news, Snail Racing World Championships make a post-pandemic return. This one's by Ben Hooper, folks. A snail racing event making its return this weekend in England has been awarded a Guinness World Record as the longest-running humane snail racing world championships. The Snail Racing World Championships in Congham, England, are returning Saturday after being suspended in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The event was founded by Tom Elways in the 1960s after he attended a snail <laughs> a snail racing event in France. 
Guinness World Records has now named the annual event the longest-running Humane Snail World Championship. So this would have been this past Saturday because this was on the 7th. The, ra- the race features snails attempting to cover a distance of 13 inches. <laughs> the world record of 22 seconds was set by a snail named Archie in 1995. The top prize is a tankard of lettuce. Oh, that sounds great. Uh, sounds just great, yeah. I mean, that sounds dumb, yeah. I don't like snails. Have you ever had snails? I mean, I ain't eating that shit, yeah. They're pretty good. I like them. That's fucking disgusting. I mean, they don't taste bad, Wiss. I'll never eat no shit like that. I mean, I'm gonna throw it. Take it a bit, G. Oh, don't be a bitch. <laughs> They're pretty good, man. You should try them. I don't think so, yeah. Well, you will one day. And you'll like it. You'll like it a lot. Yeah. You should. <laughs> 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 Let's go ahead and take a another call. Yeah, let's do that, dumbass. Who we got out there? Looks like we got Brody in Los Angeles. What's up, Brody? What's up? This is Brody from L.A., man. I mean, you think uh, Showtime Otani gonna, uh, where do you think he's gonna go when he becomes a free agent, man? I mean, what are you thinking? Uh, I think he's probably gonna go to the Dodgers, you know, and I hope he comes. What do you guys think? Hang up and listen. Great show, guys. Ah, thank you, Brody. I think he's going to the Atlanta Braves, yeah. There's no way he's going to the Braves. They don't have enough money for show tape. I'm thinking he is probably a Yankees or Dodgers. In my opinion, the guy is just so talented. These players here don't do what he does. He's he's a two-way player. Most players specialize in something. So... I'm hearing nothing under 500 mil. <laughs> so this is going to be interesting. The Shotebo Tanes. And we will see that drama play out. Because uh, as my man said, he's a free agent next year. And I'm thinking the Yankees are going to come after him. That's my thought. So. And he needs to go somewhere he can possibly win a championship. We're not going to do anything in uh, the Anaheim Angels, I guess, right? No. They're not going to. They, they're a terrible team. Like Trout's hurt. I don't see anything happening there, folks. So we shall see the future. Shote Otani. But like... uh um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what I was saying. But, uh, like my man said, L.A. or New York. Yeah. L.A. Dodgers or, uh, New York Yankees, baby. <clears throat> That's where I'm thinking. Whew. My throat is getting a little bit parched. We're going to take a short break. We will be right back, folks. <laughs> Thank you. 
hoo, back again, back again. Ah, so what we gonna do next, y'all, is a vintage video game review. Oh yeah, I know you want to hear it. I know you want to get into it, so let's get into it. <laughs> Jurassic Park for the Sega Genesis. Oh yeah. This game is a 1993 video game developed by Blue Sky Software and published by Sega for the Sega Genesis. It was released as uh, because I got my blade. It was released as a part of a tie-in merchandise to the 1993 film of the same name. The game includes elements from Michael Crichton's 1990s novel, Jurassic Park, on which the film is based. In 1994, after the financial success of a film and its merchandise, Sega released a sequel video game titled Jurassic Park Rampage Edition. Jurassic Park is a standard side-scrolling action video game with platform gameplay elements. The end objective is to reach the end of each level using items placed at fixed locations. However, the game features a thin uncommon variation in action games, giving the players the option of using two characters that play independently to one another. The game is playable as either paleontologist Dr. Alan Grant or a Velociraptor. Grant is the default character and can be switched to the Raptor using the quote player option on the game's main menu. The game has three selectable difficulty levels. Medium is the default neutral setting, while hard means more damage taken from enemies and easy mode makes it more for less troublesome foes, which relatively little damage is taken. Each player is given three lives. When one is lost, the player restarts at the beginning of the level. The game over will reset the game entirely, although passwords are displayed in between levels, allowing the player to continue from a specific level rather than from the beginning. The password option is displayed in the next. Wait, sorry folks. A password option is displayed in the game's main menu. When playing as Grant, his objective is to navigate through seven areas of Isle of Nublar, make it and make it safely to the visitor's center to escape via helicopter. He must contend with various dinosaurs that roam the island, now free of their enclosures. Grant can use various weapons, including a tranquilizer gun, a stun gun, flash grenades, gas grenades, and a rocket launcher. All these items require ammunition refills, which are scattered throughout the island sometimes in hard-to-reach places. Grant's recovery item is a first-aid kit, a few of which occur in each level. The Velociraptor player character can jump higher than Grant and run much faster, although it can only attack from close range using its teeth and claws. 
The Raptors' goal is to elude or eliminate the Jurassic Park security guards and corner Grant at the visitor center. The Raptor plays for only five levels. Along the way, stray dinosaurs can be bothersome for the Raptor who can knock them out. The enemy guards wield grenades and missiles, but can be easily overpowered by the Raptor, although the final level increases the guard's presence and temperament. The Raptor's health item is generic meat, although it has the ability to eat a compi to refuel its health as well. Acclaim Entertainment and Activision have both paid, or bid actually, bid for the rights to produce Sega Genesis version of Jurassic Park, but lost to Sega. Doug Ninpow, who created Earthworm Jim, was the lead artist for the development team. The game's animators consulted experts who worked on the film on how the game's dinosaurs should look. The development team also consulted with paleontologist Robert Baker, who dissected a supermarket chicken to demonstrate the similarities of dinosaur anatomy to bird anatomy. Baker also appeared in a commercial for the game. For the game to reflect the latest dinosaur discoveries and theories, the development team took field trips to museums of natural history and to zoos to observe the feeding habits and physical movements of birds and reptiles, such as ostriches and alligators. Jurassic Park was the first game by Sega to be developed using silicon graphics computers at the company's new development facility. Such computers were previously used to create computer-generated dinosaurs for the film. The 3D models for the game's dinosaurs were created using stop-motion photography while a team member was filmed acting out Grant's movements then digitized. Many dinosaur models for the film were sent to the game's development studio so they could be filmed and digitized while in motion. A $75,000 Velociraptor puppet from the film was also used for the production of the game. The game features artificial dinosaur intelligence that causes the dinosaur enemies to react differently every time a level was played, giving the player a unique experience each time. Elements from Michael Crichton's novel Jurassic Park were featured in the game, including the presence of pro comp and the jungle and the jungle river attraction. The game used the film's original planned ending in which Grant would eliminate the Velociraptors by manipulating a Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton in the visitor center. The game's volcano level was not yet featured in the novel or the film. Sam Powell composed the game's music and sound effects. By June 1993, the development team had been working on the game for 15 months, and the game's development had been kept secret until that month when the game was publicly unveiled for the first time at Chicago's Consumer Electronics Show. Jurassic Park was the first film-based video game to give players the option of playing a protagonist or antagonist. Jurassic Park was released in the United States on August 10th, 1993, and was the first video game to utilize Sega's new rating system, receiving a GA rating. So, Jurassic Park. I went ahead and did some playing on this one this weekend via a port 
uh, or emulator, I should say. Oddly, a fun game to me. Brought back some memories as well. Like I said, it was a side-scroller and just oddly one of those games you can just kind of play. And it's um, it's not that bad, actually. It's a pretty fun game, all in all. Controls are, you know, pretty much easy. And I like the fact you can be the dinosaur or the doctor. So that's a cool concept that usually games don't do. And I usually don't have that. Usually you're the good guy. Right, so that's cool and original. So, as far as the reception goes with this game, approximately 250,000 copies were sold within the first week of the game's U.S. release, totaling a record of 13.8 million. As for my rating, folks, I'm gonna give this one three out of five because it's fun, but I don't know that I'd play it again. You know, maybe, you know, just depends, I guess. So many games out there, but I think it's worth the play. It's worth to go back in time and just check it out. You know, why not? You don't have shit else to do. So play your old ass video game, bitch. Yeah. Oh my God, folks. Yes, you are here. Episode 104. We have a new Grant's Gripes tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and play the theme music. Hi, y'all. Hello. Let's crave it up on here. Right now, I'm just going to uh, talk y'all for a minute. My boy Grant. Well, he's got a gripe. Sometimes he talks shit. Sometimes it's pretty dumb. But then, sometimes it's not. So, uh... Just fucking hang out and see what he's got to say, y'all. Don't be dumb. Yes, a new Grand Scrapes, folks. I don't think I've went over this subject before, but hell, I can't even remember these days. Anyway, if so, then it still needs to bear repeating. People who can't handle their liquor, particularly men. What the fuck? Come on. Particularly guys who want to go hang out with their friends. Or, and I'm not even going to... Let's just say this. Guys who can't control their drug or alcohol habit when you go out. And it's like every time you go out, there's a fucking issue or a problem. Because you get too fucked up. This is not good. 
You need to learn to pace yourself and not get so fucked up because then your friends turn into babysitters. That's not good. That's not fun for anyone. And it's not fair when all your friends are just trying to go out, have a good time, sniff some puss, see what's happening. But you gotta get too fucked up so they gotta take care of you so you won't go to the hospital or die. Let's use good judgment, folks. You know, let's try to, like I said, pace yourself, use titration in a sensible manner when it comes to the drugs, the alcohol. Let's be smart about things instead of just trying to get too fucked up. Because, I mean, really, if you think about it, you know that getting too fucked up too fast is not going to be good. It's either going to end badly or it's going to make the experience not so fun for you or your friends. Yes. So stop getting too fucked up, folks. Know your limits. Know your boundaries. Ah. <sighs> I had a friend, man. He would just drink too much when we went out. And it just got to the point where I had to say, look, man, I just lied to him. I said I quit drinking. But really, it was the last time we went out. He got too drunk. Tried to fight a police officer. I saved his ass. And that was it. So... Like I said, if I've done this one before, yeah, you know, it's still an important topic, I feel. I needed to be brought up again. Let's be sensible and not dumb, okay? Let's not be dumb and do things in a smart manner, folks. So, with that being said... Hoping all you guys are going to have a great week and weekend coming up. Wes, what's on tap for you, my friend? I'm, I'm just going to fucking chill. You got to do what I do and uh, not think about baby for sure, y'all, because we're on break and shit. I'm just going to do me, you know what I mean? And, uh, and that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Got any words of wisdom for y'all, for y'all, for all the folks out there before we get on out of here tonight? Somebody left my dick and we can't Okay. <laughs> you heard it here first. Hope all you guys out there have a great week and weekend. This go, Jay Wiggy will be back next week. Monday, 9.30 in the dirty, folks. Go ahead and hit this subscribe button. Go ahead and check out the old episodes. 1 through 104. Good shit. Um, 
We're going to have the college football preview coming up soon, folks. So definitely tune in for that. You know it. We love our college football, baby. So do what we do here at the show. Smoke it up. And, uh... Brody, get in the jello!